I created this winter series to bring you real advice about travel from around the world. As we chat with guests over a delicious hot cup of chocolate. So, before you do anything else, grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot chocolate, coffee, or tea. You have it? Okay, let's go. everyone and welcome to another episode of Hot Chocolate with Locals. I'm your host Jennifer Poe um, and this is actually the last episode of the 2017 season as we move into spring. So let's make it a good one. <laughs> um, and on today's episode we have our guest Chisholm of Savina, Safina or Zafina Explores, sorry. <laughs> um, and we're catching up with her as she takes a break from traveling around United States in her camper, which I think is awesome. Um, I meet very few black women who have done this, so I'm really excited to speak to her today. Thank you, Chisholm, for having a, a nice cup of hot chocolate with us today and catching up with us and taking a break from your amazing adventures. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, so... Correct me if I'm wrong. I read you're from Hawaii, right? Uh, no, that's just the last um, the place, the last place I've like lived in a home. Oh, okay. So where are you from? So I'm originally like my family's originally from Nigeria. I was born in America, but my family's originally from Nigeria. Nice. Okay, got it. Yeah. So what was it like um, living in Honolulu? Did you go to school there, or how long were you living there? Uh, I lived there almost um, two years, so I think I moved there in 2014, and then I moved back to mainland uh, last year. Oh, wow. What was that like? I don't know. It's like I've lived a lot of places, so that's kind of a hard question. It's more of just, um, I mean, I loved, I, I like the island, um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It was really cool. I love the culture. I love the people. Um the culture reminds me a lot of Nigerian culture really? and the weather and the plants and the trees and just the vegetation itself. It's a very chill place, especially if you're not in Oahu, mm -hmm. where Honolulu is. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I lived in a big Island at first in Kona side. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to um, Honolulu for my job. Um, and yeah, a lot of people think Honolulu is like, um, it's like the chillest place. I'm like, it's the second worst traffic after LA. So I was wow. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. If you live there, then you know that. <laughs> wow. I always, I always imagined um, I need to go to Hawaii. It's a part of a beautiful part of the United States I need to explore. Yes. Yes. Um, and my mom wants to go really bad. So I think, yes. I don't know, I have to make some time to go there. But I always imagine it as this, like, similar to Barbados, as this really chill, laid-back place without any traffic. <laughs> so that was very interesting yeah, to hear. everything except for Honolulu, or just pretty much Oahu. But, you know, once you pass Honolulu, when you start going to, like, North Shore and the east and the west side, it's pretty chill. But it's Honolulu that is not. <laughs> Got it, because it's really touristy, I, I guess, right? 
and it's also crowded. That's just where the jobs are. Like, you know, I first lived in the Big Island, but everyone knows, like, if you're trying to find work easily, the Oa'u, specifically for Honolulu, is where work is. That's just where everything's happening. Whereas mm. the other islands is really remote. I have to admit, um, one of my other inspirations to go to Hawaii is uh, the actor Jason Momoa. <laughs> I think I pronounced his last name right. He's um, He was in Game of Thrones. He's just like, uh, he's this... Adonis of a man who is married to one of my heroes, Lisa Bonet. Um, okay. Yeah, Lisa Bonet's husband. He's just so gorgeous. And I was like, uh, wow. And he's from Hawaii. So, well, he, uh, he's lived other places, but I believe he was mainly grew up in Hawaii. And I was just like, Ugh, I need to go to Hawaii if they look like that there. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, have you ever heard of Bessie Stringfield? So she was a black woman in the 30s um, who rode around uh, across the United States in, in a, on a Harley. Nice. Yes. And that is who you remind me of a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know about this adventure. What inspired it? And like, what's going on? Um, I think it's just been like my life. It's been it's pretty much been adventure after adventure, I think that's what motivates me um, as far as like, because I'm actually a very fearful person, fearful of a lot of things. Really? Like, I of, yeah, I just don't let it stop me. I'm like, dude, even before I like take a trip to go to like Vegas or something, I'm like, okay, here's all the things that could go wrong, even though I've done it several times. And I'm like, you're not going to let it stop you. Even like when I was going to go and because I taught in English in Hong Kong. Uh, for a summer in 2010, and like I was all about it. Then the night before, I freaked out about everything. So I don't let it stop me, but I do have massive fears for everything I do. Um, but like I just don't let it stop me. It almost like force. I like challenge myself to conquer it and just do it. Right. I mean, that's completely understandable because I go through that all the time. But I would just never have expected that you would be the, because of what you're doing I, I did not expect that at all to come out of your mouth <laughs> so it's actually very empowering and inspiring to hear that you have these fears and oh, yeah. you know and you're doing this amazing thing oh, yeah. um so do you consider yourself like because you said this is um pretty much your life do you consider yourself uh, like a free spirit or like um what when did you start you know, doing adventures like this. Okay. So I think it's, um, uh, so Chisong, which is my name means God is with me. And I think I was pretty much born in America, but months later we moved back to Nigeria. So I think it's just been like in my system and how my family is. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Nigeria. So I was like, um, I think eight years old, I came back to America and I've, I've just, I've lived or visited places in five different continents. It's part of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think once I, I, I lived in Colorado, I think from 2011 to 2014 and what made me leave Colorado and I love Colorado, what made me leave Colorado was the cold. And I was like, dude, it's really cold here. Like, it's really cold here. And I was like, I really like this place because I still go back. I'm going to go back in a couple of months actually. Um, and I was like, where can I go? And my sister was living in Hawaii at that time. And I was like, let's go to Hawaii. And so like, I didn't know anything except for my sister, but even if she wasn't there, I probably would have been there anyway. And so I was like, let's go to, let's go live in Hawaii. So I moved to Hawaii and then sometime last year I wanted to, um, uh, be around my sister and help her out with her kids. So I moved back to mainland mm -hmm. and then, um, before I moved back to mainland, I was also inspired 
because I started watching YouTube videos and seeing Instagram of people who live on the road and young people, because I've always known the older people that did it. And I knew that was like a retirement thing. But then like, I started seeing like, <laughs> I started seeing like uh, young people do it, like in vans and in buses. And my initial thing was I was going to buy a bus when I moved back to mainland and then like convert it and just live on the road. So I was super excited to go back to mainland and then stay with my sister for a couple months and then work on my bus. So when I got to mainland and hung out with my sister for a couple months, I bought a bus and I was like, yeah, I don't know a single thing about constructing a bus or fixing Wait, how, how did you buy a bus? Like, how does one buy a bus? No, because I'm really intrigued by it. Oh, yeah. So it's like I'm the queen of research. Like, because I don't know what I'm doing half the time, I will research the heck out of something just to, like, learn about it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know people that do it. I was in Hawaii researching this whole lifestyle here in mainland. And I've never even been to – this is my first time exploring California. Like, I don't – I don't know what I'm getting myself into half the time. So I research it so I don't die. Um, so like, for example, like, <laughs> um, like a bus, I just, I just Google and I are really good friends in YouTube. Um, and I just kind of researched where to buy buses. And so there's a, I think it's called surplus government surplus is the website, mm-hmm. but they sell like, uh, old buses that like for schools. So every government, um, Every government like vehicle has a 10-year span. So after 10 years, they have to sell it. So you can go to these websites and they're auctions and you can auction it. So I actually lost a couple of auctions, but I was like, dude, I have my money in hand. This is how much money I can do. So it was an auction and I bought my bus in Utah. So I won this bus in Utah mm-hmm. and never been to Utah like on my own before. And then um, my sister and I was like, great, this is a great opportunity for a road trip. Let's go get this bus. So we went to this middle nowhere town in Utah and they were like, are you the one with the bus? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And it was like a total girl. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this girl's going to drive this bus back. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, I'd never driven a bus. I absolutely do not have CDL license. I, did, I don't even like big SUVs. Like, I hate them, actually. So, like, the bus was a very interesting experience. We used um, the back roads to come back to uh, Nevada, which is where we were staying at that point. Mm-hmm. We used the back roads and that's when I realized I am for sure doing this because I love the back roads of America. I think that is such an untapped like place mm. and you don't see anyone there and it's beautiful and breathtaking and amazing. Okay. I and think I need to do a back roads road trip. Yes. And it's going to take longer, but it is amazing. You can literally just stop and just hang out and it's quiet and it's like, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so now it's like, unless I'm in a city, you won't really see me. Like um, every trip I take, all of it is on the ro- is on the back roads. I don't take, especially here in California, I absolutely do not take um, the main highways that people take. I, it's, as soon as you hit Google, you can take out a highway mm-hmm. and use whatever way that they say. That, and it's usually longer, but it's incredibly better. It's safer because there's no crazy speeding. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's amazing. This is so intriguing, like, because I'm so, um, I'm very new agey and just like untraditional and like, I love off the beaten path, quirky thing. So this, you're like the perfect person to talk to because this is so different and intriguing that I'm just loving every second of this right now. That's kind of how it happened to me when I saw a video on YouTube um, and I just got hooked and I just watched, I literally think I watched 
like if you named a YouTuber that lives on the road, unless they're like new in the last year, I probably know who they are. Just because I watched every single thing. I wanted to see what are the hardships you're going to experience. And I wanted to prepare for these things. I wanted to know what daily life was like. I wanted to know the kind of work that they do when they're on the road. I wanted to know how they wash laundry, Great. how they get gas, like water, all these things. I just wanted to know. And then also... If you decide to enter this lifestyle, one of the biggest like questions that you have to take your time and research is what kind of rig do you want? And when I say rig, I'm talking like, do you want a bus? Do you want an RV? And if you want an RV, do you want a tra travel trailer, a chair drop, a class A, a class B, class C, fifth wheel? Which one do you want? And <laughs> have puts and cons. And they're like, there's a lot. <laughs> but it's a, it's a really cool, fun um, thing to research. This is, are, are you blogging about this? You should be blogging about this. No, dude, I hate writing. That's the problem. Oh, I, man, <laughs> man. You don't understand. You're like sitting on something very interesting, child. Uh, there's a lot of people blogging about it. They might not be my melanin. Tone. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, you're, come on. Come on. <laughs> we need more of this. Yes. Like, um, we need more stories. We need more stories like this because there are so many black women doing unique things that, you know, need to, to you know, well, they don't need to. They don't have to do anything they don't want to do. But right. it would be so inspiring to hear these kinds of stories. And this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast right. to get these cool. unconventional stories. Um right. So, oh my God, I have so many questions now. I wrote some down, but now I have so many questions. So, so you got the bus. Yeah. Um, is, and, but that's not the one you're using now, right? Absolutely. No. So I got the bus and my older sister, who also, by the way, lives on the road. She was inspired after I told her about it. She had no. What? Wait, life. didn't you say she has children? <laughs> <laughs> no, she does have kids. Exactly. It's a, she's in a different type of rig than me. She doesn't post anything on uh, social media or anything. But yeah, my older sister has her own rig. Uh, it's very different than mine. And she has children and they live on the road. What? Where have yes. you people been all my life? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. It's really funny because when we went to Utah to get my bus, she was like doing me a favor and saying, let's just take a road trip and let's go to Utah. Basically, on our way back from Utah, she decided this is it. She's doing it. And, like, it was just so funny. And I had decided, of course, I'm doing this, but I just don't know if it's going to happen with this bus. Because we went into territories, like, with the off-road. It took us places that's, like, private um, roads. You cannot enter. I was like, but, like, this is the only road. And I was like, I don't. What am I supposed to do? And then at some point, it started raining. And I'm driving a bus. I don't know how to drive. And then the door starts swinging open. Like, it's all kinds of adventures that, like... I was like, oh gosh, I don't even know this bus. And now it's like, don't fall apart on me. But it made it, it made it to the, um, it made it back to where we were in uh, Nevada. And then it kind of like hung out there for a month because I was trying to figure out if I could find people to help me with the building of it, like cabin tree mm -hmm. and the electrical. And I really, I realized that it's just going to be way more work than um, I thought it would be. So I decided to sell it to this guy from Minnesota. No, Montana. He's from Montana. Mm -hmm. And he came and bought my bus. And he, all his friends are like electrical and carpentry people. And they had the same idea to live on the road. Um, so he bought the bus for me. And I used that money and a couple more thousand and then bought what I have now. Okay. And so the yeah. bus was like a school bus kind of bus, right? It was a shuttle bus because I actually wanted to buy a school bus. And I actually would, just to anyone listening to this, if um, I would suggest the school bus versus a shuttle bus, but school buses, now that it's become so popular, they're more expensive. Um, yeah, so because people are turning them into restaurants and 
Well, that's so. the, well, the, the thing about like school buses is um, it's made of like steel. And so like with shuttle buses, it can cat, like you can put a you could put a wood burning stove in a school bus, which mm. is a really, really, really big thing, especially for weather. Weather is a huge thing when it comes to living on the road but for extra extreme heat and extreme cold. So having the uh, capability of putting a wood burning stove in a bus makes things amazing. But you can't really do that in a shuttle bus. You can. But like you need to know what you're doing to do that, basically. So shut up. So school buses, I highly um think people should consider the other reason i also let go of the bus is because bus has ridiculously horrible gas mileage i mean i think i spent like my sister has a huge suv and like she like paid a quarter of what i paid from utah to nevada i paid a lot to go and i'm not used to that i'm used to tiny cars and paying almost nothing right gas mileage so that got on my nerves because i was like i'm practically paying for rent in the apartment mm. if i keep this bus yeah that's not good. Yeah, not for living on the road. Yeah. <laughs> so some people do that, and that's something to keep in mind. And everyone should know also, like, the bigger your rig, the more gas you're going to be paying you. Mm. Wow. So, okay, I think I saw a picture of that, the one you had before. Yeah, I have it on Instagram. Yeah, I remember you, you had a picture of it, and then you were like, I was like, oh, I love it. And you were like, nah, I, I don't have that yes. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find the smaller one you have, and what is it, what kind of camper is it called? Okay, so it's actually a unique one. It doesn't almost have its category, but there is it's like a subcategory for what it kind of falls under. So what it was is I have a tiny car that um, I shipped from Hawaii, my Saturn Ion, and I really didn't want to get rid of it because it doesn't have that much mileage on it. Because when you drive in Hawaii, which is where I bought it, it um, cars in Hawaii don't have that much mileage. There's only so much and so much you could drive. You could drive forever in Hawaii and it still wouldn't touch the mileage of half the people in mainland because there's just so much. There's not a lot of land to be having a lot of miles in a car. Right. So it had like really um, low mileage, really good car. I've never had to fix anything and I wanted to keep it. So I looked up the tow capacity of my car, and it's 1,000. That's another thing to keep in mind. Tow capacity of your vehicle is very important. Um, so tow capacity for my car was 1,000. So I had to find something that I can tow that's less than, like, 1,000. So mm. I researched, researched, and um, fell under the category of teardrops. And most teardrops are between 500 and 1,500 pounds. Okay. So the one I have now is dry dry weight which means nothing is added to it mm -hmm. before you put anything it, it's um 690 pounds okay so i bought this one and the company's in florida and i had them ship it over to me uh in california and i think where they brought it to me and then i just made sure not to put more than 100 pounds of stuff. and i'm a hardcore minimalist so i've always i've been one since college because i've moved too much so i didn't really have a lot of stuff to put in it and um I will say this, though, for people who care about tow capacity, when you go up mountains and hills and just you're going up an incline, tow capacity completely changes. You lose like 500 um, pounds of that because now your car is working extra hard, mm -hmm. which can hurt the trans transmission and engine. But just to keep in mind, always try to have a thousand extra in a car that for what you're towing. So if you have like if you're if you're towing something that's 3000 pounds, try to have your car be like able to tow at least like 5000 or 4,000. Wow. 
because you will go up in climbs. You will, you're going to beautiful places. You're going up nature. So you're going to go. Uh, and I didn't realize that because Utah is pretty flat where we were going. So in my mind, I just thought everything is flat until I, we came to California, which is like <laughs> non-flat land. Yeah. And just rocky, right? It's just, yeah, it's very like mountainous. And I never even, because I've only flown into California to visit my uh, extended family members. And it's like LA and cities. But when you live on the road and you travel via road and you're off-roading or you're not in the main roads, you then see the real nature of a state. And I never thought California was like this, like super mountainous state. And it is. It definitely is. This is so fascinating. So <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. <laughs> so um, how does one plan for something like this? Like, I know you said you researched... Um, you know, the YouTube videos, like wh- what would be the steps? Would you say, okay, obviously first the decision, I want to live on the road, which is a very right. brave decision. Um, right. Then you would say, okay, now I need I to find a vehicle. Like what are the steps? How would one plan for this? If you're a young black woman. Oh, okay. That's a good thing to consider. Yes. Uh, young and black. So older, you know, these people have money. Like they, they pretty much sell their houses and buy these $400,000 class A's. So young, <laughs> that changes things. Yeah, because my next question was, how do you sustain yourself financially? So if you can right. merge those two answers. <laughs> oh, that, those are hard to do together. But, um, you can do them separately. You can do them separately. Okay. So the first one is the steps. I would say the first one is to, um, once you've decided that this is a lifestyle that you would like to at least try out, because I decided that um, I'm going to do it for a year and then see what happens after that. Um, I could keep doing it forever. I could not, but at least a year. And I want to try out so many places because when I moved back to mainland, I didn't know where I actually wanted to live in this state, in, in this country. I was like, I don't know. I would like to live in California or Oregon or Washington or Colorado. or I have no clue. So how about I just live all of them and see which one I want to pick. So that Smart. I decided, like, let's do this whole year of exploring and seeing where in America I would actually like to stay longer in um, I would research, um, one, what type of rig you want to get. Mm-hmm. That would be the first, the second thing to do after you decided, well, first thing, first thing would be to research what type of rig you would like to get, mm-hmm. um, do assessments of what you have financially right now. And then not just how much you can afford right now. Uh, also consider the fact that you might be able to afford a very used uh, $4,000 class B or a class C, but do you have to remember that class C's and class A's have like horrible gas mileage, like eight miles per gallon. And like, and when you're, you know, you when, when you say the class, you're talking about the type of um, vehicle that you attach to your car. It's a type of RV. So when you oh, right, RV, right. Homes, mm-hmm. the giant motor homes are called class A's. The, the ones that are like mid-sized giant uh, motorhomes, they're class C's. Then the ones that are like, the, they look like vans. A lot of times you actually not know that they're RVs, but they look like vans and they're called, they're considered class B's. Got it. Yeah. And so you have to decide like, um, and then fifth wheels are huge, huge ones that look like travel trailers, but they're huge. And you usually have to have, well, you always have to have a truck that pulls it and you have to have a giant truck. But I would just consider the fact that not only how much it is for your rig that you're getting, but can you sustain the gas mileage? And also the other thing to consider is, do you plan on going like place to place like constantly, or do you plan on staying in one place for like six months and then moving? Because if you plan on staying somewhere longer, totally get a big, huge rig because you don't have to move it a lot. Um, It's fine. You just have to put it one place 
and you don't. But if you're planning on like going somewhere every weekend or like every day, I would, and you don't have the financial means to just be paying for eight miles a gallon, and you're trying to go from San Diego to Dallas, just keep that in mind. It's just it's gonna it's gonna cost like rent money. Right. Yeah. So after you've decided um, what type of rig to get, um, I would also try to secure at least uh, one very, very stable jobs and like three side jobs that you can find online. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that so that makes that, sense. Yeah. What did you say? I said that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that um, definitely work because uh, I've seen and followed so many people via Instagram and YouTube. And one of the things that causes people to have to stop prematurely or um, causes their plans to fail is that they had, they saved for all of it, which probably was why they got the rig. And it does cost a lot more money than people realize to start this lifestyle. Everyone says you save money. Yes. In the long run, but initially you don't Mm. lose a lot of money to do this. Um, But like, yeah, people usually have the money and savings. And then like six months down the road, they're like, Oh gosh, I don't have any money to continue living. And it's really hard if you, live on the road because you're not staying one place to like have a job that can consistently pay you. So that's a little difficult. So I always say online or there are tons of jobs for people who live on the road. There's a lot of websites that talk about that. There is things where you just know, Hey, I'm going to Colorado this summer so I can sign up for this uh, national park to work there for two months. And there's a lot of gigs like that out there for people that live on the road. Wow, that <laughs> that's one issue I would I don't know like I'm woo mm, not having the finances to sustain no 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 that's not for me <laughs> um and I mean but th- this is why you know it's great to talk to pe- someone who is, has experience in this you know for someone who's really planning on doing this because you really have to put a lot of thought in this kind of lifestyle. Um, before you just like, because I think a lot of people, including myself, like when you see or hear stories like this, you don't think about the little things that go into it. You think someone oh, yeah. just packed up and left and threw their duffel right. bag <laughs> at the back right. of their car or like the old cartoon where they tied a bandana on the end of a stick and just, you know, right. away. <laughs> into the sunset. But it's like it's, you know, you actually have to plan. Um, what are your safety tips for um oh women yeah so that's a big one too um so i usually stay and this is i don't think this is as much on featured as much on instagram but i usually stay at campgrounds or like a national park um so those places tend to be i have a a national membership to rv or campground resorts um so basically anywhere i am um after you pay a certain fee depending on what type of membership you have you pretty much have a place that you can park and it has everything from bathrooms, showers, hot tubs, playgrounds, like, you know, they have activities, all kinds of stuff. So you, ah. can, you can pretty much get a site and you can reserve it anywhere. Like whenever I go to Vegas, unless I'm house camping, which sometimes friends want me to park at their home and just hang out there. I'm usually at a campground um, plugged in somewhere and just getting using their amenities. Um, ah, okay. even if I'm not physically there, I could still, cause I have the membership. I could just go anywhere and do laundry there or, or whatever. So that's one way. Um, cause a lot of people, some, that's another thing to consider actually on the plan. Um, is do you want to boondock, which boondock means that you live on 
BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management. And Bureau of Land Management is the land assigned by the government that is public lands. And anyone can stay there for up to 14 days. Mm. And that's all over the United States. So you can camp out there and practically live out there if you want. And you have to leave for about, I, I think it's a week you have to leave for. I don't know. But you can stay there 14 days and then go to another one for 14 days. And they're all over the U.S. And people don't really know about these places. There's also national parks. And if you get those little $80 yearly national park pass, you can go into a national park and stay there. I think you still have to pay like $15 a day. Um, and then there's other parks that are like $10 a day. There's parks that are like straight up like. $80 a day. It all depends on <laughs> what you're looking for and your lifestyle and what you want at a campground. Or you can just, like I said, boondock it. And then like the van people, which is what I initially wanted to do, uh, they don't pay anything because they practically live in their van. Mm -hmm. And their van, um, because it looks like a regular work van, um, they pretty much live on the street. They just park anywhere and just sleep anywhere. Walmart has this thing where um, you can go on this thing called free campsite, um, free campsite.net. I think it's what it is. Mm -hmm. And it shows you everywhere in the United States where you can camp out for free and it has different Walmarts and you could just, that's why if you go to Walmart at night, you'll see RVs there, especially if you're in the West coast, um, or the South or just pretty much where RV people are, you'll see Walmart, uh, RVs at Walmart because Walmart's one of those places that I think Lowe's another one where you can park out there for free, um, for the night. This is so interesting. See, that's the missing piece of the puzzle because I was wondering, like, how do you take a shower? How do you sleep? How you, right. you know, but that is the biggest missing piece to the puzzle because now I'm like, okay, this is starting to make a lot of sense, um, even though it, it was already, but you know what I mean? Um, let's see. Um, okay. And so, do it differently. Like, Boondockers, they have their own. There's, there's so many things out there. Like uh, the boondockers, they absolutely hate campgrounds. And I don't blame them. Actually, I'm hoping to become a boondocker soon. I want to put solar on my RV and uh, build, build everything out so it's 100% off-grid. So mm -hmm. I don't have to be plugged in like I am right now to get um, AC and heat and things like this. So like if you're a boondocker, it means that you've fixed your rig that you could be anywhere and still have all the amenities that you need. Oh. And they, they have different types they have there's people with vans that have showers inside people you'd never know this i'm looking at <laughs> super nice showers on the inside that they made with tile and all kinds of amazingness and then there's people who are out in the boonies with a bla land which i love and i haven't stayed in yet but i really want to um there's people in the bla land and they have these like tents um, bathroom tents so you can put like either a porta potty or a composting toilet inside and then just have it out next to your rig or you can also take showers in them and they have these things called solar showers. You put it on top and then it warms it up and you can take a nice shower pretty much anywhere, anywhere outside. Wow. So that everything is pretty much covered. Um, there's every question that people have about this lifestyle. There's an answer to. And I, I can imagine it must be easier to do this kind of lifestyle now, you know, in, in the new millennium, um, I can't like back in the eighties or nineties or whatever. Um, it was probably not as, um, I don't want to say, cause it's still probably just as difficult, but like, you know what I mean? You have more resources, technology, um, and stuff like that. Now I feel like it, right. it's, it's just, it, it's more comfortable. That's what I'm looking for. It's more comfortable to live this lifestyle now in the new millennium. Um, or the year 2017. 
right. and above yeah, and below. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a little easier, but I have spoken to people at campgrounds because it's mostly, when you go to campgrounds, it's mostly older people who are retired. Mm-hmm. And you'll talk to them and they've been doing this for 30 something years and when they were young. Um, and they'll say, like, the 70s was a huge RV time. That's why you'll see people in VWs, um, the Vanigans, and they live in, like, that's like the appeal, like, Instagram people that have the highest views for living on the roads, they all have like VWs. It's like, and I don't even know why they like those things break down every like 10 seconds. But like, <laughs> they have the appeal of the 1970s and the people that used to do it in vans, and they have solar on top, and they have those things don't have AC or heat, but like because they have this nostalgic thing to them mm-hmm. and they're so well designed, they people just love VWs. I mean, you look for a VW that's like from 1940 something and they're still oh that sounds cool $30,000 and you're like really see I'm convinced if I was alive in the 60s um and the 70s I would probably be like that free spirit hippie moon child um living on the road with my group of like scooby-doo in the clan (laughs) i'd totally be like them like hunting something or i don't know (laughs) um i just it's uh it's it's just seems so interesting and so cool and i commend you and um others like you who do something like this because it takes a lot of guts and bravery and it's just dynamic so um. (laughs) well i will say this though i do think technology has because whenever i speak to the older people because they always say all these young people think this is like new or whatever and so i can say for sure it's not but i think what helps our generation versus theirs is we can work online we can find work online um they Mm -hmm. didn't they couldn't um so that's a different world good point um so where have you been so far um so i basically started um I started for real, for real. I started test driving this lifestyle around July of last year. Wow. And then um, I started the whole driving and doing my own thing completely without my sister, I think, last November. Okay. So I've been – I don't do cold well. Um, I, I, that's why I moved to Hawaii. So I figured that I would not be in any place in America that – has cold. I don't even own a winter coat. I wasn't ready for winter. Um, so I was, I basically was like Southern California seems like a very interesting place. I've never explored it besides flying into LA or something. I was like, I I need to, I would like to explore, um, Southern California. One of my jobs is in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, and I mostly work remotely for them, but once a month for a week, I go there to do trainings and meetings for them. So that's why I go there frequently. Uh, but I just decided that I would just be in Southern California, exploring all of Southern California and then going to Vegas and the rest of Nevada and exploring them whenever I'm over there. And that was my winter plan. But spring and summer are completely going to be different. And uh, fall. Right. So I was just about to say, so it's like you stick to the warmer um, states yes. when it's winter yes. and then you just go all over in spring and summer. Yeah, that's called snowbirds. That's why you uh, hear the Yeah, snow bunnies or snowbirds. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> what has been your craziest road trip story? Because I know you have to have one. Oh, oh man, I think I have way too. It's like when they're normal, I'm like, what is this? Um, so again, P- pick your pick your favorite ones. one. Okay. Um, ooh, let's see. I guess. Oh, okay. I'll pick a funny one, not a dangerous one, because I've had some dangerous, and I try not to share people. There are danger, but there's dangers in those too. Mm. Um, 
I will share a really fun one. So one time I was coming back from Vegas, I think it was December, mm-hmm. and I don't use the main roads. Like I said, I was using the the desert, the you know, the remote roads. And so this road I use, you typically see a car maybe once every like 30 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of cars, and I love that. And I usually listen to audiobook and just drive. And there's this area that's super remote. I have Verizon, and most people on the road have Verizon because it just covers. We just all know. Like, we don't. We all have a love-hate relationship with Verizon because it's ridiculously expensive until they brought out their little unlimited. But right. ridiculously expensive, and, but at the same time, we need it because, like, everybody else does not touch the network coverage um, of Verizon. And when you live on the road, you need you need something that is, like, has network. So there's, um even with Verizon, there are places that don't have network. And that's a lot of the places in the desert, and I'm sure other remote places because there's just not networks out there anyway so i was passing to go coming back from vegas and there's several places that do not have verizon network or any network whatsoever and then a train there's this train track in the middle of nowhere and i've always passed it and nothing has ever happened i hate train tracks um, (laughs) and i had given myself because i hate driving at night i don't i can do it but i prefer not to right but i i gave it myself because it takes about like five hours, five and a half hours to get to my destination from Vegas. So I gave myself an additional like three hours uh, before it gets dark. Um, so I drove to this area and there was a train track and I was the fourth one in line. There was a train right there. There was only four cars on the train, like four train cars, but it was right there on the train track. And I was like, this is super odd. Then I like got out and talked to the other three people in front of me, like, hey, do we, who do we call? And they're like, well, there's no network. So even if we figure that out, which there's no Google, we don't really know who to call. <laughs> so right. I was like, oh, how long has this been happening? They're like 30 something minutes. And then um, about three hours passed. And now there's like a long line of people in the desert with no cell phone reception. And they're on both sides. Mm. Um, and the cool thing was because there was no cell phone reception, people were not on their phones. People just came out and just started talking to people because we didn't know. Oh, my gosh. Doing. Unheard of. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was just like greeting people. People are taking naps outside, just hanging out, talking. And then people with RVs are going and getting food and passing it out to people. And I figured, because I had my RV with me, if it, this, this doesn't end anytime soon, I, I'm going to let my parent, my family know because I'm really close to them. I, as soon as I'm out of here and I have network, I'm going to let them know I'm safe because I'm sure they've been trying to contact me. But right. I was like, if it gets really bad, because, you know, it's like, like 9 p.m. at night and I never drive that time. They're probably wondering why I haven't told them I'm home yet. Oh, my but gosh. Like, my family would have yeah. sent the National Guard out for me. They wouldn't know where to send you, but I guess they would do the route. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, call Scotland Yard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, like, basically, it was just, it was really cool because it was, like, no technology and there was a bunch of RV people. So, like, we, I had my home with me. So, I figured if it got really bad and no one, no one came to move the train, I have my house with me. I'll just sleep here, the, being the fourth person in line. Right. I'll just sleep right here. So, I had my blankets and everything. It was December, but... Not cold like the rest of the U.S., but still kind of cold because it's a desert. Um, yeah, and then after a while, I guess somebody, maybe somebody down down the line has cell phone reception because it's been like three hours. So I'm sure the cars had stashed up to a place where there's actually some kind of network. And someone called someone, and then they moved the car. And then um, coming back, I thought that was like the end of it. No. I don't know if you've ever experienced a, a dust storm here in um, the Southwest. Nope. But it was bad. <laughs> it was horrible. And I couldn't see anything. And literally that started after the train stopped. Like the train situation happened. Then a dust storm oh started. Oh, my God. And I was 
what is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so basically you can't see anything when a dust storm happens and it was nighttime. So it's completely pitch black. Oh my God. That's a so scary. Yeah. So that was very interesting. And I was driving super, super slow just because you honestly cannot even see the car in front of you. Oh my God. Um, no. So you're just like, uh, you can see lights. So you just go with the lights and the person behind you can only see lights. And there's several cars, which actually was a good thing. But if there weren't cars, who knows where I'd have driven to? Like, who knows? Because I can't see the road. Right. Um, so, yeah, I did that for like four more hours and arrived at my destination. So that was a very, that was a fun trip. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds crazy. What about romance on the road? Is it possible to have romance on the road? Because I guess it depends on the person. But I know that like I do not do um short-term things well because I feel right. I feel so hard and so much so I'd be like my heart broken every city um <laughs> so I was like if you're on the road and obviously you want to, to have some romance in your life is it difficult I mean I know it's difficult but like how is that or yeah, have you have you experienced it yeah, I, I think a lot of people, especially the van people on Instagram, they're usually couples. There's there's very actually few people that post. I'm sure there's there are a lot of them. They just don't post. But because um, a lot of people don't post anything on social media, you see how big this world is when you're in it. You're like, whoa! I didn't realize there would be a lot of people doing this. Um, but like, I think a lot of people are in coupled relationships, and that's when they feel safe to do it, especially women. That um, but makes just, sense. I, yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of them don't do it unless they're in that kind of, I've seen people like, Oh my gosh, like you're, you're a girl and you're doing this. And I'm like, yeah, but I think a lot of people do start off in coupled relationships. I personally would not want to just because I have so much to explore, but as far as like romance, I think it depends on that person. Um, if it's something that's important to you, I think every city you're in, if you could probably find people and then, or stay there if you want. I don't, I don't know. Like you could probably do that. That's not the, priority for me I'm, I'm right now just exploring <laughs> so like it's like um yeah I do have like friends different places and that's what I love too is being able to go to Vegas and hang out with my peeps there for like a week and just like chill and then come over here and hang out with people here and I love that I love being able to just have communities all over you are yeah, like I, mean, I have no time for fuckboys I'm trying to get my life <laughs> <laughs> that's important to you i don't think it's going to be any i personally don't think it'll, i'm sure it's going to be a little different um being in stationary versus being on the road but like say okay i haven't like i don't i've never done this but like say somebody wanted to be in a relationship with somebody you could like say you're in southern california and somebody's living in i don't know san diego or something and you're in palm springs um you're still in Southern California. So people that live in this home, you could still be the exact premise. Like you'd be like only two hour difference. So yeah, you could stay. I don't know how to explain. I, I feel like you could still stay in the same area without actually being in that same location, like a house, but still be in the same, like not city, but like the same area. Basically, right. Where you're always at least two hours away from somebody. But, I don't know. But I get what you're saying. You know what? If I was doing something like that, I think I would just focus more, like you're doing, like focus more on the trip and the experience. And then if something happens, it happens. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if I would want to like, I don't know. It would be like too much of a bother to deal with. Like, right. Yeah. I, but I do, I will say that it's interesting you said that most people who do it um, are in couples because I, right. w I definitely still want to do a United States road trip. And like, it's been on my bucket list for years, but 
now I'm like, hmm, you know what? I'd probably do that with the love of my life. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe like that would be our honeymoon or something. Mm, that's a that's a lot of I've seen that with young people. That's a that's a good one. I would I would be down for doing both. I feel like me being me right now, not married, it's a great opportunity to explore so many avenues that I would not be able to explore as a married human being. So like, no, yeah, you're totally that's totally right. Place. Yeah, it's true. Like I don't have kids yet either, and that's why I'm like yeah. you know going to Cuba this summer and then right. going to Berlin and then like. So I definitely want to get a lot of my traveling in, but I would the United States road trip I'll save for later on down the road. <laughs> you could definitely do that. I, would, I mean, I would do both just because I'm unconventional. I mean, I don't know how long or how or what life holds. And also, like, I think if I was to say, oh, I'm going to wait until one day I was married. Who knows what that's going to be or when that's going to be? So I'm not going to stop. That's true. I want to do now. Yeah, I just can't drive, so <laughs> I need the I need the male labor. <laughs> I'm keeping it real. No, I can't drive. So <laughs> I I need to learn. Here's the thing. Born and raised New Yorkers, you meet a lot of, it's not strange to meet us and we don't drive. So yeah, I really need to learn how to drive one, but I will never, I'm sticking to it. I'm putting it on record. I have no interest in driving in New York. I have no interest in driving in New York. Oh yeah, I wouldn't either. That's, I've been there and I was like, oh gosh. So when I learn how to drive, it won't be in New York. So, um, <laughs> okay. So, um, let's see which one do I want to ask next. Okay. So top five places. It doesn't. You you know you can just say it off the top of your head. Top five places that you have um, traveled to so far. Um, that that you know are most memorable memorable to you. It could be a restaurant. It could be like an area in California, but just like the top five that you can think of off okay. the top of your head. Um, oh gosh, man. Um, so do you mean travel to as with my RV or travel period in life? With, with sorry, I should have clarified that with your RV. Oh, okay. On so this, on good. this road trip adventure. Okay. That, that narrows down a lot of places. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say the top, one place I've been, the number one, is Out of Wild, California, which is in the mountains of Southern California. Oh, amazing, okay. amazing, bohemian, artistic. Okay, beautiful. I'm going. I'm going. You just sold sold me. <laughs> I heard bohemian <laughs> and artistic. That's all I need to yeah. hear. <laughs> are so kind, and the like the culture there is amazing. And if you're a nature person, which I'm a nature person, I think it's really hard to be live on the road and not be a nature person. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're a nature person, you'd love that place. Um, I actually had to leave that place early because I was there in January, which is not wise mm. because we had a snowstorm and I had to like run out and then it got, it just kept getting worse and it was kept, and I was like, okay, like I gotta get out of here. So like, I'm hoping to go back up there, but, um, I also think that's what happened with my car. My car was, is a small car and it was going up 7,000 feet above sea level to get there. And I, I just decided not to go there as much just because my car wasn't made to do that. Um, it's, it's done amazing things. I don't longer have that car. I actually sold it yesterday just because to go forward with everything, um, I can't have that car. <laughs> to go everywhere I want to go, I just can't have that car as much as I love it. But right. anyway, number two, I would say, um, would be where I am right now. This is, this is my, this is my area, Coachella Valley. Okay. Yeah. I love this area. So, um, Coachella Valley is about like eight cities in one, but, um, yeah, Coachella Valley is awesome. It's a desert. I love the desert. There's palm trees here. It makes no sense to me at first, but there's <laughs> palm trees here. Um, in Coachella Valley, 
And I think next month is when the concert Coachella happens here. I think that's what people. I want to go to Coachella so bad, but I get mixed reviews. But I'm still gonna go one day. Like I want to go so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I actually I like to see if I can like uh, break into these things not illegally, just for the fun of it. So I'm trying to see how I can get in without paying a ticket. Like it's expensive. I heard it's expensive. Oh yeah, that that's completely expensive. But I'm actually I have a couple of ways that it might happen. It, it depends. Um, so I've, I've just been on a mission the last month to see if I can get in for free. I'm going to stalk um, your Instagram to see if you accomplish it. <laughs> I know. So I, I say so. This area will definitely be number two. Number three, um, I think uh, Hamul, Hamul in um, Southern California, which is really close to San Diego. Mm-hmm. That would be number three. Um, I don't know. Uh, gosh, I pretty much, I feel like it's not, if you ask me this question next year, I feel like these places wouldn't even be on there. I've only been in the same area. Okay. Um, so I would just say top three, just because. Sure, that works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so keeping it in the threes, what were your top three um, experiences that have touched you so far? Um, so I guess I'll just go with the one I can remember the most right now. Cause it's like, when you live on the road, every day is a completely new It becomes adventure. a blur. Every day. <laughs> fucking every day. So <laughs> I can't remember like whatever happened last month. I'm sure we had adventures. I can't remember it. So like, um, this one guy at the campground I'm at right now in Coachella Valley, mm-hmm. he knocks on my RV and that's like not really socially acceptable to knock on people's RVs. Like if they're outside, you can talk to them, but not like in their RV. <laughs> so he that makes sense. Huh? That makes sense. Yeah. So he knocks on my RV and I was like, this is really odd. Um, and he was just like, hello, hello, is anyone in there? And I come out and I was, <laughs> I was like, what's what, like, hi. And he's just like, oh my gosh, you have the same RV as me. I just parked over there. I've never seen anyone with this RV. And I'm like, oh, that's so dope. And so I go over to his RV and he's showing me how he decorated it. Cause our RV comes empty on the inside and we design it however we like. So mm-hmm. he's showing me how he designed it. And I was like, oh, come look at how I designed mine. Anyway, we've known each other for about a week now. This man, he's a carpenter, a retired carpenter and welder. He's been working on his RV and he's also been working on my RV because he's like so excited. So when he buys things for his RV, he buys a second one and gives it to me. That's and so cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that's definitely what's been happening the last week is like we're like fast friends. Now that's another thing about RV life. You are fast friends with several people, which I will go the next, my next favorite one that I just remember because I literally can't remember things because things happen every day. My next favorite thing about living on the road is, um, at one place I was at, this lady, because I, I do um, hoop, uh, hoop dancing, mm-hmm. like with tricks and stuff, like hula hoops with LED hoops. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do that, and I usually do it at night. And this lady would see me all the time, and she never really spoke to anybody. But one day she came up to me, and she's like, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, can we do it together? And I was like, yeah. And after that, like, we went our separate ways because she went to Northern California. I went somewhere else. We kept each other's phone numbers, and we would meet up. I told her where to buy a hoop. And we would just practice together. And we just kept in touch, said Merry Christmas to each other. We would text each other all the time. It's, it's been the coolest thing. And then um, let's see, another. And then the third thing is, um, oh, gosh, I'm sure I've had, enough. I've had so much. Um, it was just, I was just basically said, I've just had, third would be a, 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 like a combination of just several people I've met on the road that are just really 
really kind. Aww. And they just, people that live this lifestyle, I don't know what it is. They're super kind. And it makes you become kind and trust people because everyone else is. Yeah, that, I can totally see people living li- lifestyle being kind. Yeah. Because in a way, um, it, it, the, it, that lifestyle draws people who are connected to the earth. You know what I mean? Nature and the earth and people who are connected to nature and the earth usually um, connect with human beings on a deeper level and are just just open and open-minded, sweet, loving, caring people. So that is so beautiful to hear. Um, So you have beautiful locks. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cause I'm thinking of locking my hair permanently too. Oh, cool. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Super great for lazy folks. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so that is how, I mean, like, how do you maintain your, um, do you maintain your own locks on the road or do you like, whenever you go to a, a new area, you research someone who can touch them up or like, how do you maintain your hair? So I have not had a single like person touch my hair. I did not touch it, like, but I haven't had anyone do my hair since it was put in. Really? And if I could go back and knew how I did, I would have done it myself. But like, I basically I had my locks um, started in Nashville, Tennessee. I think that's where it was because I used to be in that area, temporary. And so I had it started there. And then ever since then, I just watch YouTube videos on how to do it. So about wow. let's say maybe three years ago, I stopped quote unquote maintaining my locks. I just let it do its own thing. I only wash it. And if I remember to moisturize it, that's what happens. So those are the only two things I do to my hair. Wow. And they look so neat. And, and just, <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that. I really thought, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that works for me. Um, so you really have an easy lifestyle maintaining your hair while you're on the road. Everything has to be. Like, if it wasn't, it had to go. Like, it's just like, I'm a simple person. I minimize everything. And if my heart, if my hair was like something that was hard to maintain, I would totally have a different hairstyle and just chop it off altogether. Don't you make like pretty headbands or something? I used to. Yeah. So I used to sell LED headbands when I was living in Hawaii. Um. So then I did a little bit of that when I was in Nevada as well. Um, but then I just kind of stopped that and I pers- I'm pursuing a couple of different, um, avenues. Um, but I did, I did used to sell that. And once in a while I might make it for a friend, but yeah, I, 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 knew, I make LED headbands. I knew films. I wasn't crazy. It was so cute. I I Thank want you. some. I love that. I love the, uh, my new look is the goddess look all the way. Um, oh, no. yeah. Um, did you give your camper a name? I've been meaning to ask <sighs> that. You know how people give their, their cars and their. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I keep going back and forth with this because, like, all the Instagram people, they, they literally treat it like they're like, and I was talking to Robbie, and I was like, who's Robbie? I'm like, oh, you're Well, that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, I don't, I never literally gave it its a name. And I, I had a name for my car because I spray painted it blue. So I named it Blue mm. and Baby Blue. But now, which I haven't taken a picture of it yet because I'm trying to do some construction on it, but I now have an off road vehicle. A beast, like a legit beast, that's gonna take me through the mountains of Colorado, and I'm super stoked. This thing is gonna like take me like into rivers and junk. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about this. Wow! I now have. So I don't know if I, I might name the vehicle beast. Who knows? But I don't have a name for any of these things. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, where are you headed to next? Great question. So, um. This area, Coachella Valley, is, like, super hot starting from, I think, uh, 
next week, mm-hmm. <laughs> like super hot, like 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. So I think somewhere between, because I do have some things that I love my church here and I like the community I've built here, which is so sad. That's another thing about the rhythm on the road is like when people are stationary, like they just don't understand people that go out of their lives a lot. So that's a sad, a sad thing about that. But I do have to, I will leave this area probably sometime in May. Okay. I will probably exit this place and I really don't know where I'm going because I can plan all I want and then something changes. Like, for example, I didn't know I was going to San Diego tomorrow. So I'm going to San Diego tomorrow. And I didn't know that until like yesterday. So things like that can happen. So my long-term goal, which is completely ready to change at any moment, is sometime in May to go through Arizona, New Mexico, and up to Colorado and then see where I go from there. Oh, that's awesome. I love New Mexico. I absolutely... I adore it. The people there are beyond sweet. It was, I just felt the soul of the city. I felt, um, I know this is going to sound crazy, um, but I, it felt like the nature was like kind of speaking to you on an energetic level. Um, and it was just, it was just a beautiful place. And, and the people are so beautiful. I love New Mexico. Yeah, the architecture and the pictures and the colors. My favorite two colors are turquoise and yellow. So I figured if a license plate has my two favorite colors on there, I have to go there. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. It's, <laughs> it's for the creative. It's for the spiritualist. It's for the 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 um, free spirit. Right. It's a beautiful right. place. Um, this is a question I'm really dying to know. Um, because for me, uh, in this political climate, I am very salty at the red state still. So what are your tips? Like there's certain places, I know the United States belongs to everyone, but like, say I was on the road, I'd be like, "Mm, do I really want to go to Alabama? I don't think so. Like, (laughs) so what are your tips navigating states that lean towards the red side? I mean, if you have, if if you have navigated them, I don't know. Right. So um, I haven't driven through the red states and uh, this parts of America tends to be very blue. Mm-hmm. Um, super blue, uh, except for I think Arizona. But Arizona is a very interesting red state. It's a very it's it's, it's a not mix. red for the re- reasons other places are red. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I I think my journey this year is legit going to be taking me through mostly blue states. Um, I if if it was taking me through red states, I don't think I would. I think I would have some guard up as mm. far as like. I would maybe do some research as to where specifically, but I also wouldn't at the same time, because the thing about living on the road is you'll see people with license plates from those exact red states. And when you meet them um, in random places, because they are from those states, a lot of them are kind and a lot of them are not. And you'll meet blue state license plate people who are absolutely vicious and evil. Then you'll meet blue state people who are great. So the thing about, I think what this lifestyle has helped me realize is because literally here at the campground, I'm at the campground right now. Here at the campground, you look at license plates. It's from everywhere. It's from everywhere. And you can just sit down and listen to someone's stories. And the cool thing is when you live in the campground, it means you're either one, retired, or two, not working a million hours in a job. And you're just like chill. And you just get to like you just get to know somebody. And I think from my experiences with some red state people, now I have to say I did grow up in the red states. Um, so I do have a negative bias towards red states. But I'm trying not to. I'm trying to just approach things on an individual basis now. I'm trying so hard to, but every day someone just challenges me. It, it just right, I get it. like my dad's from South Carolina, and right. um, I remember the first time we went. I absolutely hated it. I just like right. it was it felt so 
people were looking at us in the stores, Confederate flags everywhere, following us, like saying mean things. And that was my first impression of, um, you know, but I guess, you know, I know not everyone is that way, but it's just like I'm trying to be more open about it. So that was a question that I was curious about. Yeah, I also have zero desire to go to a lot of the southern states. And it's not necessarily because they're, they're the people. It's because I just really am curious about Western. I grew up in the eastern part of America, so I'm super fascinated by Western part of America. And I think culturally it fits me more. I'm more of a rough chick. I live out here in nature. If I get two showers a week, I'm pretty excited. I could if I did. <laughs> um, like, I'm definitely not. When I go out to the east and visit families and friends, I realize how so not like, um, I don't know what the word is to describe people there, but they really care about like, like I use natural products and those things don't tend to like work forever, like natural deodorant and like, and like natural perfume. And, like, like you just, I don't care about like a lot of those things where they care about. And so like, I don't, I don't own hills. Um, I own a lot of hiking gear. My clothes is to make sure that it's functional. And that it can take me places. I do still like style. I love style. Right. But like a lot of things I do is for practicality, functionality, and then style. You're a minimalist. (laughs) Yes. I'm like a mix of minimalist, but I'm very, very, very city girl. Uh, (laughs) So I like um, my stuff. I like I, I like to smell like flowers. And, (laughs) but at the same time, I can sit in the grass without shoes and lay there and feel the earth. So I'm a mix of both. Um, like you, I started like you until after like I think three months in, I was like, oh, forget that. I think you would have to like, ch- yeah, you would have to change. I mean, come on, like, you're what are you gonna do if you run out of perfume, like, and and then you're in the middle of nowhere, like, I must find the nearest Dwayne Reed to find my live in love perfume, like, no. It's not going to work. The Amazon Prime actually is amazing for people that live on the road, and you could have boxes sent to different places. So you could do it if it's your priority. It's just not mine. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) what's your advice for um, other imported chocolates who would love to do something daring like this, and they're just like, you know, they let the anxieties um, overcome them. You know how you don't. What, what would be your advice to help them fight through that and say, you know what, I have to take a chance. I have to do this. I would just say, like, you literally have one, one go at this, this thing. You have one life. Um, do you want to look back years from now, which I hear a lot of old people. That's what I love about living with – when I'm in the campgrounds, it's older people. Outside, it's younger people who live on the road. The campgrounds, it's older. But, like, that's why I love talking to a lot of older people. They'll just sit there, and they're like, you're in your 20s. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, dude, I wish I did this at like young age. Like I, you hear so many older people like, I wish I didn't work so much. Like, what is that? What is the end result of that? And like, I would just say, just think about when you're older. I know it's hard now, but think about when you're older. Do you want to like have regretted not doing whatever it is? I'm not saying go live on the road. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But like, whatever it is, like, do you want to think what if, what if? And I try not to live with what ifs. I want to go and know. So if it crashes and burns, hey, at least I knew. <laughs> at least I knew that crashed and burned. Instead of wondering, hey, that was like really not a good idea, or like, oh my gosh, that's life changing. That's amazing. You're, it's, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that helped me fight through my um, agoraphobia and just social anxiety. I was like, screw this. I'm not going to be tethered to one place or one situation. I'm going to do what I want right. to do. You know. Right. So, right, and it's just like forgiveness and grace. If you do hurt something or 
or mess up a situation, you know, just like, you know, forgive yourself, forgive others, and just realize tomorrow's a new day. You're not the same person as you were yesterday. So even if it's like weird <laughs> decisions you might have made where you're like, wow, I didn't think that went through. Like, yeah, still, don't, I'm not saying do all kinds, like do crazy stuff. Just say like, if it's something that is, you're like, because one of the things I, lo- I want to do eventually is own my own land and completely live completely off grid, especially my own water, <laughs> Flint, Michigan, have my own water, <laughs> never, depend, <laughs> never depend on, have to have to depend on any kind of government, anything, and to be able to take care of myself, my family, and know that I'm good. And that's another big one for me as well. We do actually own land, um, and I hope to own more in the future. That's a great goal. Yeah. Beautiful goal. So we're on to our last question. All right. Okay. So if you could travel with someone alive or dead and have a hot, uh, a, tro- a cup of hot chocolate with them, who would it be and where would you go? <sighs> Interesting. Everyone gets stumped on this question. <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like one of the people it's happening with, it's, so I, I'll put this in two parts. I was going to say my older sister, but I actually do meet up with her several places. We meet sometimes in the same look. We're going to meet up in the Wednesday, actually. <laughs> so I do meet up with her and they will stay somewhere together for two weeks and go different places and meet up. So I kind of, sorry, there's a plane. I don't know if you can hear that. Just, yeah, I can hear I it. I mean, we're, we're, no, like we're, you're on the road. So we're, we're going to like, you know, we're not going to take the sounds too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, I'm totally outside doing this. It's really beautiful. Anyway, but I was going to say my sister, but I kind of already kind of do that with her. And I, I heard something that the rest of my family might be joining us and buying their own RVs. And that is so awesome. <laughs> right? So like they might be part-timing. But the only person I can think of is would be that is, that I don't think it's going to, um, that cannot join us for sure. It's my deceased grandmother. Aww. She was a hardcore free spirit adventure gangster of a woman. Amazing. Um, and I would love if she was alive to just be doing this with us because she would be so much fun to do this with and she would be so down before the rest of us even thought about it. So the, the, where would you go would be, you would go with your grandmother to all the places you're going to now. Yeah, now actually, because she's Nigerian, she came to America once and then went back to Nigeria because she wasn't feeling it. But like, I would explore explore Nigeria and the rest of the African continent with her because she's a gangster. So like, I wouldn't feel dangerous, scared for anything if I was with her. Um, So I would just do this whole exact situation with her um, and all over the continent of Africa, which I hope to, if one day I can do that, just be amazing. Do the exact same thing there. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> this was such a great interview. Like I've learned so much about <laughs> living on the road, things <laughs> I didn't even think I would need to know. So, um, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. For such having a pleasure. It's one of the most unique episodes so far. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. How do you pronounce your name? I want to pronounce it right. Chisom. Chisom. See, I was pronouncing it wrong the first time. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's such a beautiful name. Um, Thank you so much, Chisom, for having a cup of hot chocolate with us and and taking a break from your amazing adventure to tell us about, you know, your adventures and what you do and how we can do it ourselves one day if we want to. Yeah, for sure. And if anyone has any questions that, like, listens to this, like, now or way, way in the future, um, feel free to like contact me 
Zafina Zafina underscore explores or just however you find me (laughs) just but like ask me questions I love talking about this lifestyle and I always love you know telling people about alternatives that they can do um, especially to help people financially or just in any way possible which is why you should be <clears throat> writing about it. <clears throat> <laughs> a blog where I can like talk about it. That's podcasting. So why don't you make YouTube videos or something? Yeah, YouTube is. Oh gosh, I've thought okay, about well, things. I'm like, oh. you're on Instagram. Instagram Live. <laughs> There's a. Oh, that's right. Yeah, come um, on, girl. Yeah maybe, yeah, maybe if I can make money doing all these things, and I, I'm sure I could if I thought about it. But um, like, if I could like. No, I don't have to necessarily make money. It's just, it's a chore for me to do things like writing and like... I get it. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe. But hey, look up, be on the lookout. If I get really motivated, maybe. (laughs) We hope so. This is a very interesting thing (laughs) that um, you can channel your inner Bessie Stringfield. <laughs> Look her up. I think you'll find her very fascinating. No, I might have actually met her because there's this random lady in Arizona and she was I, she was wearing all black and stuff and I stopped in the in a gas station and, it was a, and then she took out her helmet and it was like a straight up older black lady. And we're uh, like, whoa. No. That, was that, that wasn't Bessie. Bessie's dead. Um, <laughs> well, I guess this other lady is doing it too. Unless really she came crazy. back from the dead. With her, um, <laughs> with her motorcycle right now. She's probably inspired by her, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. You too. And please be safe. And I wish you many, 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 many more amazing moments on the road. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hot Chocolate with Locals is now available for streaming on all smartphones through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. For travel photos and a travel playlist created by today's guest especially for you, head on over to imported-chocolate.com slash show extras. Follow me on the gram at Jen Paul Author, and I'll see you next month when we head to our next destination. Bye.